Hi, my name's Edward, and I'm going to be pursuing a career in consulting upon graduation. As an intern for Management Consulted, I would love it if you were able to fill out a quick survey linked in the show note description. This is going to help Strategy Simplified improve and become far more tailored to you, the individual, looking for a career in consulting. Thank you. Hey, Strategy Simplified. We are excited to share this recording of a live info session we recently hosted with Investor Group Services, also known as IGS. Headquartered in Boston, IGS provides proprietary, data-driven diligence and strategic insights for private equity investors and other business leaders seeking to make better investment and strategic decisions. In the session, you'll hear from Ben, Lori, and Chad, three vice presidents at IGS, to learn about the work the firm does, current opportunities, firm culture, and much more. Make sure to join our email list to be notified about future info session opportunities where you can join live and ask your questions directly to the firm. There's a link in the show notes. Finally, if your interest is piqued in IGS by listening to the episode, there's a link in the show notes to see open roles at the firm and to apply. All right, let's get started. So they're a fantastic firm. I've really enjoyed getting to know more about them and the work that they do uh, over the last year or two. Uh, and really excited to now turn it over to Ben, Chad, and Lori uh, to talk to us more about Investor Group Services. Great. Really appreciate that. Uh, thanks very much, Nivana and JFL. Great. So let me let me start with a bit of a a bit of an introduction to us and our firm. And, and we'll start with the team on the call today. So my name is Ben LaPray. I'm a vice president at IGS. Um, I started in the firm really in 2017. I was an intern between my two years uh, at Harvard Business School. And then I rejoined full-time uh, when I got out of there in 2018. Um, my background is actually in aerospace engineering, so my uh, my switch over to consulting was very much a career change uh, post MBA, which I'm I'm sure there might be some questions about. Um, and then I'll introduce my my teammates, uh, Lori and Chad. Um, great. So my name is Lori. Um, I joined IGS in 2016, um, the same day as Chad, actually. So we have that in common. Um, before IGS um, and before my MBA, I did investment banking for Citigroup. I was um, in a cross-sector team there. Um, and before City, I was at college uh, here in the U.S. Um, and before college, I was in Romania, which is where I'm from. Thanks, man, Lori. Uh, and I, you know, as Lori said, I've also been here since uh, 2016. Chad Benoit, and, and now vice president. But I began as an associate um, right after after college uh, in 2016. Prior to that, in college, my background was really focused on quantitative and qualitative social sciences research, particularly related to, to healthcare and public healthcare. Um, so con consulting was a little bit of a new foray for me, though in some ways methodologically similar. Uh, but it's but it's ended up being a good fit. Great, thanks. And then just to, just to talk a little bit more about our firm. So we're Investor Group Services, or IGS. Um, we were founded in 1998, so we've been around for about 25 years now. And we specialize in consulting engagements, pre predominantly for private equity investors, for the investment banks that they work with, and for the portfolio companies that they invest in. So everything kind of touches you know, the, the private investor life cycle. And, and we do a lot of um, different engagements to support that investor life cycle, right? So you know, kind of a, a, a key use case the clients call us for is what they call commercial due diligence. So it's an evaluation of 
aspects of their investment thesis as it relates to the commercial markets that they're investing in and the specific assets they're acquiring, right? So they want to know about, you know, how large is a market? What are the prevailing market dynamics that are going on? You know, how well positioned is a target asset asset that we're thinking about investing in? You know, what's going on competitively? Who does this who does this company need to compete with? Um, once those investments are closed, we we do a lot on the portfolio value creation side. So we want to help our investors and now their management teams at their portfolio companies, you know, to grow and really increase that equity value. That's what the investors are after, right? So we want to help their portfolio companies grow and succeed in the markets that they get into and and do a lot there with um, you know, where could a company expand? Uh, you know, is it is a company's pricing correct? You know, is there some sort of emerging competitive dynamic that they need a little help navigating? Um, and then at the end of an investment hold period, we'll we'll usually get engaged too on the sell side. You know, there we work a little bit more hand in hand with investment bankers that our investor clients may have hired to help them uh, manage one of their exit processes if they're going to sell out from an equity investment that they've made um, and prepare an asset for sale. You know, we we do a lot of sell side support and analysis to you know prelim- to um, do a preliminary sort of answering of the the tough questions about a given asset, a given investment. You know, if there's some some market dynamics that uh, an investor knows that the next buyer, the next investor is going to be interested in, is going to ask about. You know, we can work with those investors to get those answered ahead of time, so that uh, that you know there's a good there's a good sort of understanding of what's going on you know, as an exit moves forward. Um, talking a little bit more about sort of the transaction related services we do relating to the initial investment and the exit from an investment. So there we call that, you know, buy side and sell side diligence. Um, again, a lot of validating sort of the investment theses that our investors might have. You know, we do a lot of primary research at IGS. We really regard that to be a very important part of the work we do. So there's a lot of direct interviews that we're conducting uh, you know, with the customers of a target company, the customers, um, you know, to get their feedback about how the the performance of a given asset has panned out over the past couple of years, how the relationship is going. But we also want to talk, you know, more broadly in the landscape, are there, are there distribution partner, channel partner relationships that we want to interview and understand the dynamics in the channel, you know, are there competitors that it makes sense for us to speak with so that we can understand, um, you know, more broadly in an industry, what's going on. And so we want to take all that sort of um, primary feedback and, and do a lot of the, you know, the kind of standard secondary work, the crunching of data, the understanding of, you know, different metrics, um, you know, build building of different market models and kind of, you know, put that together into a comprehensive set of findings for our investor clients to use as they're thinking about getting into and exiting from an investment. Um, you know, the key issues that we touch in those engagements really fall into kind of four big buckets. I, I've talked a little bit about the market dynamics piece of it. We're doing a lot of market sizing. So, you know, the, those those case interviews where you're being asked, asked to size a market, it does have a real world um, component. We focus very much on that here at IGS. Um, you know, understanding the market drivers, certainly understanding macro dynamics. Um, so, you know, right now we're coming out of COVID. There's a lot of inflation going on. There's There's likely going to be you know, an economic recession of some sort, uh, how is that going to affect the market that we that you're investing it to, right? Um, we do a lot with the voice of the customer. We're interviewing a guy, doing that primary research, getting the feedback directly from the stakeholders rather than, you know, trying to find it another way. Uh, and then getting into, 
what competitive dynamics are going on? How are these competitors selling to their end customers? What's going on in the channels? And then finally, a lot of evaluating growth opportunities. You know, we want to take a look at, um, you know, not just not just what's important for this investment, but how could an asset grow moving forward? And we do a lot to uh, dig into what those possibilities are and how well positioned a given uh, investment would be to to target some incremental opportunities. But then in between kind of that entrance and exit point, we want to help on the portfolio side as well. So we're doing a lot with, you know, the management companies of uh, the management teams of companies that private equity investors are bought into, you know, to help them evaluate their business models and understand, you know, where they might have some pain points and how can they grow going forward. So, so you know, key questions about, you know, where could where could some aspects of the service model or the product set be improved? You know, staying in touch with your customers, making sure they're all satisfied, making sure the relationships are going well. Um, you know, understanding adjacencies that could be expanded into. You know, is there a new set of product or services or another new set of customers that the the company is well positioned to serve? How actionable is that? What would a given company need to do to to get into some of those markets? And then a lot in terms of, you know, ongoing operational support, um, you know, uh, integration, you know, how, how could you make um, additional add-on investments to a given portfolio investment? Um, you know, what would you need to do to really bring that into the, you know, onto a platform and, and position it for future growth very well? You know, what aspects of, of a portfolio company's performance are maybe lagging some of the industry best benchmarks where might there be a problem that we need to dig into a little a little more with that how can we advise these management teams on how to solve those problems um and then digging into a little bit of uh you know pricing optimization cost reduction positioning at companies uh offering for wherever they are in the macroeconomic cycle or the business cycle or the competitive landscape so we want to help on kind of all those different angles as investors have, you know, bought into these companies, look to help them uh, have the right positioning to succeed and, and answer some of these hard questions. And then a little bit more about our team. So that was a lot about kind of the engagements we work on. Um, so in IGS, we're based here in Boston, Massachusetts, um, you know, right downtown in the back bay. Uh, there's about 60 of us on the consulting professional side. So we, we are, you know, very much a boutique firm, but small and growing and and you know eager to um expand a lot more frankly um you know in terms of our roles uh, the three of us sit on the management team um but in terms of the you know the broader consulting team so we have our uh, consultants we call them are kind of our mba level hires though several of our consultants here at igs um have come up through the associate roles and don't have mbas uh and, and the consultants are really the ones who are responsible for kind of the day-to-day -day delivery on these cases you know, we do kind of smaller targeted timelines of, you know, call it three to six weeks. And, and the consultant is really the one who's who's running point on that work product. Um, and and acting as, you know, we call it a little bit of like like an engagement manager. We want them to kind of own that analysis and become the subject matter experts. And then at the undergrad level, we have the team of associates. So associates, again, are usually out of college, um, and they're the ones kind of supporting the the on the ground work with managing our primary research efforts that I spoke a little bit about. So, so our associates will typically be in charge of a, you know, a team of our direct market researchers who are making calls into different stakeholders and understanding key aspects of the thesis and questions that our clients have. 
and, and then they'll be digging also into a lot of the um you know the marketing the market modeling the quantitative analysis the you know polling metrics understanding data understanding what it all means so that we can kind of quantify some of these market trends and and understand how large a market is understand how fast it's growing um so smaller targeted teams and we really look to you know our consultants look to our associates everybody is really called upon here to you know get their hands dirty and contribute me and, and really get the answers for our clients um in terms of the team composition i know there's some questions about that again we 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 have a smaller teams so you know a consultant running point and kind of two or three associates supporting a consultant um you know our, our timeline is call it three to six weeks they might be a little bit longer if it's kind of more of a strategic portfolio engagement um and then all of our consulting professionals are kind of double staffed so you're working on two things at once um by virtue of us being a smaller firm you get a lot of great exposure to uh both our senior management team here at igs and to our clients you know there's there's not a lot of kind of bureaucracy around who gets to be in front of a client who gets to present analysis you know again we want everybody to get their hands dirty and and you know really dig in and contribute to executing on these engagements and then we we as a firm do hundreds of engagements a year so the great thing for our you know junior consulting team members on that is you know you're you're kind of constantly getting exposed to new industries new markets again you're working on two things at once so you get a good breadth of experience right we 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 like our junior team members to be generalists nobody really gets kind of pigeonholed as like a you know an industrial person or a consumer person you know certainly uh chad and Lori and i have a very broad set of experience we, we've each worked on over 100 engagements at this point at igs we, we've kind of you know done the whole breadth of what our clients are investing in so that's a that's a great thing for our small team here um and then in terms of our delivery model you know we are not a travel first model uh a lot of our client meetings are held virtually so it's not kind of the monday to thursday travel thing that you see with some other uh consulting firms we you know we do a little bit of travel here and there but it's it's certainly kind of a stay home in boston model for us and then finally in terms of our industry expertise again it's very very broad um you know these are just kind of five verticals uh to show as an example here you know do a lot in the business services realm do a lot in the consumer realm healthcare is certainly a very hot button area for our clients and we do a lot of engagements there and then you know technology platforms industrials um you know these are kind of areas where we have hundreds of recent engagements i mean those totals on there in terms of how many recent engagements we've done are just in kind of the past three and a half years um and then in terms of our client base you know we we are we work with a very broad cross-section of middle market private equity investors um you know some of the bigger funds some of the smaller funds as well but we have over the years worked with hundreds and hundreds of different investor shops um you know with a lot of different focus a lot of different investment theses theses and it just gives us kind of a continued you know ability to bring this breadth of expertise and get a lot of reps and kind of uh you know bring all that experience and so many engagements to bear for our clients so that's a little bit about igs and i think um you know there'll be a lot of questions coming out of that but Amazing. Ben, thank you so much. Uh, I learned things about IGS that I didn't know, and it's my job to follow the industry and keep track of right the the 500 plus firms out there doing amazing work. So really appreciate that comprehensive yet pretty fast-paced review of, of who you all are, what you do. 
Uh, I've got a few follow-up questions, and since I'm running the call, I'm just going to skip to the front of the line and ask mine first. We'll be right back after this quick message. Are you a PhD, postdoc, or MD interested in transitioning into management consulting? Apply to Link to LEK by March 12th, 2023. What is Link to LEK? Well, it's an opportunity for advanced degree students to get to know LEK and the type of strategy consulting work the firm does through a virtual two-day program. During the program, you'll network with LEK consultants and participate in a simulated strategy case modeled after the work done by LEK's life sciences team. But the best part of the program, you will receive the opportunity to an early interview for a full-time role with the firm ahead of the general recruiting cycle. Again, the program is open to current PhD postdoc or MD students interested in life sciences strategy consulting, ideally with a target graduation in 2024. So again, apply by March 12th. Click the link in the show notes or visit lek.com today to submit your application. Ben, first question for you, Chad and Lori, I'll let whoever wants to take this, take it. But you mentioned early on in your presentation, you know, there are really three types of work that we do. You get your commercial due diligence, you get your portfolio value creation, then you get your sell side support. Can you give me some kind of percentage breakdown as far as, hey, you know what, like, 50% of our engagements are CDD and 25% is sell-side support and 25% is the rest. Like, do you have a sense of like, if I was going to join IGS as a consultant, you know, what type of work I would be doing? Would I be over-indexed in one type of engagement versus another? I mean, I can, I can start and, and team feel free to add. Um, but so, I mean, his, historically our, um, our focus has been the buy side. So we, you know, take a very, impartial look at a, a, an investment thesis and at a target um, for an acquisition um, across the many different industries like like Ben described uh, with some sort of portfolio engagement and some sell side work as well. Um, that being said, in recent years, we've started doing a lot more of the portfolio work and we are actively um, moving and hiring more for those types of engagements. So we've, um, one of our most recent hires, uh, one of our senior MDs um, specifically is overseeing that portfolio work. And our goal is to to grow that, um, that work substantially. And what that means for the new hires is definitely the opportunity to get exposure to to several things. And because we're a relatively small team, we can offer that exposure quite flexibly and we can allow people to try out commercial diligence and try out sell side work and try out some strategy work too and see where they where they operate best what they like best and um and what fits their skill set and the things that they want to learn about amazing chatterben do you want to add on to that no pressure if not no, I mean, I, I would say I would think about it like even going forward, I'd assume for the, at least the next several years that probably 50% or more of your time is probably on that kind of core buy side CDD. Uh, but again, um, you know, I think opportunities for more opportunities for folks to focus on, you know, other types of projects that they're potentially interested in um, going going forward. Amazing. Yeah, it seems like I they're... Mean, in, oh. in C- Sorry, I mean CDD being the focus is is you know a good driver for other work later too. I mean we've all been on 
So you need engagement. That's where the management team will call us back, right, and, and need some portfolio help. So it, it's kind of a good base for us to be strong in, but you know, lots of expansion opportunity elsewhere as well. Absolutely, I was going to say CDD is almost like the top of the funnel. Yeah. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Follow up to that. Uh, you know, you also shared Ben. You know, like a snapshot of some industries that that you all have strong partnerships in. And question in a similar vein along your. I know you don't have a specific industry focus, but are, are there certain industries that you feel like IGS has built up more of an expertise in over the years that you're over-indexed in? I know you mentioned healthcare specifically, you mentioned industrials, or so were those kind of industries that I would be playing more in if I was a consultant, or was that really just truly a representative sample because you couldn't fit everything on a slide? It, it's it's mostly the latter. I mean, so okay. we, we are focused on kind of middle market, lower middle market investors. Now, by virtue of that, there are some industries that the middle market and lower middle market likes, sure. right? They they sure. like they like business services and healthcare and stuff that scales well. So, you know, the, there are a couple more engagements on kind of the business services, you know, industrials, uh, it, some of those engagements. We do see those a little bit more often. But but again, these investors are 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 looking for great investment opportunities, and that's not limited to a certain yeah. area. So, you know, a lot of consumer work, a lot of industrial work, a lot of you know these niche technology companies. Um, you know, so so it, it was kind of the five verticals that fit on the fit on slides well. But we've, you know, I know the three of us have all done an incredibly varied number of uh, you know weird little businesses. I've done you know, a business that I've sold used Ferraris. I've done kind of a, a luxury towel brand. I've done, you know, a, a lot of kind of little stuff like that. So it, it, it certainly is never boring. Um, you know, our clients will call us up with some new interesting thesis that they're thinking about. And they'll be like, oh, interesting. I don't know that anybody knows anything about that. Let's go get the answers. Ben, you stole the rose right out of my mouth. I was going to say, it sounds like it's not boring. Because right. it's... <laughs> Every three to six weeks, it's a brand new business problem and a brand new industry. Right. And, and what I, you know, what I say sometimes to our candidates is like, look, if you're in a case that you're really not, not feeling like you're passionate about it, you're just kind of not feeling it, like it's over in the next three to four weeks. So you just got to kind of stick it out and then you'll be working on something new, which is great. You know, you're not, we don't do kind of the nine month engagements here where you're just kind of trying to slug it out for the long run. I'll the tell you what, if I that. Oh, I was going to say, the flip side of that, I think it's like as an individual, like I think there is opportunities like over time as you spend more and more time at IGS to kind of be the go-to or the point person for a particular industry, right? Like as Ben said, like these, these investors do kind of follow themes and trends. And so there's often projects that are related to each other. So I know like Lori and I, for example, have both done a lot of healthcare projects due to you know, personal interests and, you know, some of the cases that we found most interesting over the years. And so now when, you know, new healthcare engagements are coming in, like folks will often look to us for those. So I guess you don't want to make it sound like it is, you know, that it, I think there's a, a way to find the balance between the, you know, the generalist nature of the firm and there's still opportunities to kind of go after and, and focus on areas that you are interested in. Yeah, exactly. I think just building on what Chad is saying, like we can basically accommodate that full spectrum of people who want to be true generalists and people who want to informally express preference for a sector or a couple of sectors. Um, and there's benefit to that. And what I will say to the not not boring portion is even if you do a lot of work in the sector, 
um, like in the in the healthcare example, I mean the the ecosystem is so broad, and our focus on different engagements can be very different. So one, even within diligence, you know, in one project we'll be focusing on can this target scale nationally in multiple locations and where should it scale? What are the best states or metro areas to scale this to? In another project, we would focus on how strong are the relationships between this asset and its referral partners or other types of stakeholders. Um, so the, the questions can vary a lot, even if you have a cert certain sector affinity. I love that. It sounds like it's the best of both worlds. And for me, if I was a candidate examining IGS, the short engagement length would be a big feature for me. Uh, so I hope everybody caught that because that, that would definitely be something I'd be interested in. Uh, Laurie, um, just to follow up on that. So Ben mentioned, you know what, like a, a lot of the work that we do is for middle market and lower middle market private equity. For those folks on the call who aren't familiar with the world of private equity, can you just give us some definition around what middle market and lower middle market means? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so we that that's certainly our core. I mean, if if you if I had to give a range of of revenues of companies that we look at, um, it it's very wide and that that's sort of sector dependent, right? So we look at, you know, SaaS companies that might have revenue of 10 million or even slightly below. But we can also look at distribution companies that have revenue in the you know tens or maybe hundreds of millions. So the definition of middle market, I guess, spans a lot of different things. Um, but I will say that sometimes our clients are sector specialists, so they will be in that you know particular niche. Um, but that that's sort of the, the gamut. That's helpful. So I, I couldn't help but notice when. Ben walked through all of your introductions. All three of you have been at the firm for, I think, seven years now. And so that's a little bit rare for consulting firms, like that that length of tenure. And so I'm just wondering if, if all three of you could just quickly talk to us about why you've stayed. I'm sure you've had exit opportunities and chances to leave. I'm, I'm happy to jump in first with this one. Um, I mean, I guess we've touched on some of these themes throughout. Like I, I like to think of it as potentially three, like three different ideas that have kept me at IGS. Like one is the type of work. Like I think that these short-term projects, getting to look at a wide variety of industries, getting to, you know, like, I think I'm just a generally curious person. So getting up to speed on an industry really quickly is something that again, keeps things exciting, keeps, keeps me engaged at, at work. Um, and so intellectually, it just, you know, feels like a good fit there. Um, Second, I guess I would say the the people at IGS, and I ho hopefully you don't have anyone that comes on here and says that their their people are awful. But I think at IGS, you know, we we do have a, a really strong culture of smart, nice, hardworking people in a really collaborative environment. And so, you know, over the years, even as people who have you know come and gone from IGS, I'd say like you know close to seven years like there's there's no one at the firm currently or that has been at the firm that i haven't looked forward to being on a project team with and i think that that sort of culture just is genuinely not that common uh, at least based on you know friends and, and family and other and other sectors and so it's just been a really great environment i think it's the type of place where folks will take time out of their day to help you even if you're not on their project team um and because we're all living and working in boston like do genu genuinely kind of get to get to know each other pretty well. Um, and then lastly, like 
as Ben started out the presentation, you know, we're a smaller firm, but we're growing a lot. And I think that creates a lot of opportunities for folks to take on more responsibilities more quickly. And so it's been a nice kind of two-way street. You know, as I've invested my time and energy into the firm, I feel like IGS has also invested in me. And so I started as an associate and being able to kind of, you know, take on new and different responsibilities as a senior associate consultant and now part of the management team. I feel like even though I've been here for seven years, have had more like four or five different different roles and have been able to, you know, develop different skills along those lines throughout that time. Um, so again, just has kept it, kept it engaging and, um, you know, I don't necessarily see a ceiling to that just yet, which is great. Yeah. I mean, I d definitely echo pretty much all of Chad's points, just that maybe, you know, just expanding a little bit on the, on the skill set and the learning point. Cause I feel like that's kind of what keeps you going in a job. Um, and there's, there's sort of you know, the, the element of, of people management as a consultant, that is a sort of, I mean, for me, that was sort of a new skill because I didn't get much exposure to it in, in banking. Um, and you get that kind of right out of the gate as, as the consultant. And that I think is one of the most rewarding parts of the job to feel like you're teaching people something you're, um, they generally enjoy working with you. You kind of, assess where they are on their learning curve and try to sort of push them along that learning curve or expose them to something new that they'd be interested in. Um, and so that that's one of the things that I've, I've found most rewarding is just working with associates and feeling like they're they're getting something out of the work um, and, and getting value out of the work. So so that's been great. Um did all that for me pretty much I, I don't have i don't have too much incremental to that it, it has continued to you know I, I i continue to learn right i continue to get new experiences that i don't have i continue to meet and work with smart people so it's just kind of professionally for me check continuing to check a lot of boxes and um you know it's, it's kept me here over the years i love that and i can verify uh, through my limited experience uh smart and nice people and that combination is not always uh easy to find We'll be right back after this quick break. Are you looking to see if consulting is right for you without going through the rigorous recruiting process? Then check out Strategy Sprint, the one-week virtual consulting project coming up May 22nd through the 26th. Not only does this program allow you to test drive the consulting experience to see if it's a good fit for you, but you also build strategy and analytic skills and add real-world consulting experience to your resume. In the program, you're staffed as a consultant in a team of six led by an MVP consultant to solve a real-world strategy problem for an actual client. Not only does the experience look great on your resume, but our resume editing team will even help you incorporate the experience onto your resume. Registration for Strategy Sprint is open and the price will increase $200 on March 1st. So make sure to apply and secure your spot before February 28th to lock in your seat at the lower rate. Again, the next Strategy Sprint program happens May 22nd through the 26th, 2023. Learn more and apply through the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get back to the show. Chad, I had a quick follow-up for you. you. You mentioned as you were talking about why you stay, right, the opportunities for advancement and that you feel like you had four or five different roles in the last seven years. 
you know, does IGS have a defined promotion pathway? Like after three years as a consultant, I've got the opportunity to join the management team, for example. Is there anything like that that exists? Or is it just dependent on my own individual performance? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, I, I just kind of echo what Ben laid out at the beginning. Like, I think there is a defined pathway in terms of, you know, we, when someone joins as an associate, like they're really kind of the master of this, uh, you know, the primary research process. And that's kind of their critical input to, to an NIGS project. Moving on to the senior associate role, um, you know, you're you're kind of the one that's focused on the quantitative modeling and and kind of digging into the the, the quantitative research and pre-existing research that's out there. Consultant, as everyone has said, is kind of more of the the day-to-day engagement or project manager. We have a senior consultant role that really is, you know, when that day-to-day consultant is, is starting to kind of develop and build upon their own client relationships as well, and then you know the building further on that as part of the management team. So there is a defined pathway. I'd say we don't necessarily think about it in terms of kind of hard timelines. Um, I mean, I think you can go to any of our LinkedIn's or the LinkedIn's of others at the firm and kind of get a general sense for it. I mean, what we're really looking for is kind of mastery of of each of those particular um, skill sets at each level, because again, it is kind of a, a different role. Um, and so as folks kind of master those skills, but then also show like eagerness and initiative to move on to the next thing and kind of continue to build new and different skills. Um, you know, there's opportunities for um, kind of formal and informal feedback that you know d- that dictate those those promotions. So the timeline isn't always the same for everyone, um, but you know, there's there's that pathway. And you know, generally, I think again, the, the firm is super collaborative and supportive, and hopefully, you know, we we look to guide people along that pathway through the both the formal and informal feedback. Yeah, that's helpful. And Lori, I'm wondering if you could build on that and talk to us a little bit more about the the mentorship and professional development opportunities that are available uh, at IGS. That uh, Chad just mentioned formal and informal <laughs> feedback. Are you able to give us more yeah. definition around what that looks like? Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's um, there's quite a lot of uh, sort of both structured and non-structured, I guess, opportunities for that. Um, so in terms of mentorship and training, so obviously we start with a formal training um, that kind of lays the, the baseline. And then we have periodic formal training after that for, you know, whether it's a specific software tool or specific sector or specific type of analysis that we do. Um, Aside from that, I mean, for especially for new joiners, we we have sort of a shadow system where you get staffed with someone who's at the same level for for the first few cases. So you can kind of learn the ropes. You're comfortable asking these questions, um, and you also get allocated sort of a peer mentor. Um, but you're also part of a mentorship group where you have people sort of from across levels. Um, it's a small enough company that you basically people feel free to ask questions either within or outside of that mentor group. Uh, you know, you you work with a certain team and you get along well with someone on, on a specific project and you want to ask them for feedback real time or you want to ask them for career advice later on. All of that happens basically all the time. So that, that sort of, and I, I think that, Part of that is the culture because it's relatively smaller and more informal, and there's sort of there isn't as much of a barrier between management and consultants and associates. 
but um, and, and you can have those discussions. Um, and and part of it is also the nature of the work. You get opportunity for pretty quick feedback cycles because you finish a case in a month or a month and a half, and so by the, you know you'll get a a formal review maybe every three or four months, and that will include maybe five or six cases. And so that will have a richness of feedback that you may not otherwise get from from a lot of different people. Um, and then obviously we have sort of uh, you know another formal review cycle every every year or so. But there is sort of about every few months. Let's recap all of your cases and and kind of see um, see what the picture looks like. I love that, Ben. Uh, you know, let's say I'm I'm listening today and I'm like, you know what? This sounds amazing. Like, I love the work that you all do. Uh, the culture sounds great. Uh, I I want to live in Boston or I'm already based in Boston, but I'm not like currently an undergraduate or an, an MBA student. Are there opportunities available for me as a lateral hire? Uh, we're always, you know, we're always on the lookout for great talent and, you know, great prospective team members. So, so the answer to that is yes. I mean, Per the conversation, we've got a lot of growing to do, and we're always kind of on the lookout yeah. for that, right? So, um, you know, people who are interested in that, there's, I know we've shared a link here. There's, there's a careers link on our website as well that has a little bit more information on both the associate and the consultant role, and information on how to get your your resume and your cover letter in here. And then we also keep our LinkedIn pretty updated as well. So there's a couple couple places to check there. But but to answer the question, yes, we are always kind of on the lookout for you know, great prospective team members. Amazing. And are you able to give us some inside info on what we can do to stand out in the recruiting process? Is there anything that you feel comfortable sharing? So it's, it's, um, it's a pretty traditional sort of consulting interview process. We're doing behavioral fit interviews and we're doing case interviews as well. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let Chad and Lori speak to the behavioral side of it because I do a lot of the case interviewing. You know, casing is is challenging. It's challenging for everybody. Um, you know, I do think there's some practice that you need to do with it. So, you know, get your copy of Case in Point and read it. Do cases with you know your friends, and you know, make sure you've got some reps under your belt before you step into the interview with kind of any firm, not just IGS, right? But in that case interview, what I'm really looking for, you know, given that we're a smaller team, and given that we um, we ask a lot of our consultants to kind of you know, move the ball forward and answer tough questions for our clients. You know, we're, we're really looking for people that can drive that case forward, right? It's it's not just, you know, can you can you take some numbers and do the math correctly? Though that, that is a part of it. You know, you're, you're really looking for, you know, wh- where might I need to make an assumption? Where where else might I be able to look for a better answer here? You know, how can I kind of get more comfortable with whatever answer I'm coming out with? We're really looking for kind of that, you know, thought leadership on the case side of things. And I'd say that most of our, oh, sorry, go ahead, Lori. No, I was just going to add something to the, to the case. I mean, I think like my, my suggestion would be to sort of use the practice to, to make you feel comfortable with the format and the types of questions and, and, you know, some of the tips and tricks, but what, what we'd really love in an ideal situation is to get the sense the person is thinking about the actual question in real time and, and answering in sort of a natural way and thinking about the, the nuance of their answers ra- rather than sort of applying a framework. So kind of build on that framework and tailor it um, in a way that you would do in a normal conversation where you 
you talk about something where you maybe give examples or you you provide additional nuance. So so kind of looking for that, are you able to think really well on the spot? Um, and are you able to be structured and, and organized? And I would just say that most of the time when we're doing case interviews, they're based on real IGS projects. So if you go to our website, there's the experience tab, not to say that those will be the cases, but one, you'll get a sense for the, the wide array of projects that we work on beyond what Ben said. But two, like, you know, if you're thinking about like, oh, what would be the key issues in this industry? Like you're probably ahead of the curve. Like in addition to kind of the market sizing math, like we usually like to throw in some questions that are asking folks a little bit more about like, oh, if this were a real IGS project, what would be some of the key points that you'd investigate? And so thinking about that beyond just the, how am I going to, to do the math out to get to the market size, I think is really helpful and helps someone to stand out relative to the folks who, you know, maybe they've done, they've done the prep, um, but they can't necessarily envision what this looks like for as a real project. All fantastic tips, not just for IGS, but I think just for casing in general as well. So thank you all. Uh, Chad and Lori and Ben, I might just quickly ask you if you could share your favorite memory from your time at IGS just very quickly as we transition over to the open portion of, of our Q&A time. Uh, I, I guess I don't necessarily have one specific memory, but in the dinosaur ages before hybrid work, uh, when I first started at IGS, um, you know, I think like like any consulting firm, like you're you're often working at least a little bit beyond kind of the typical nine to five, um, and so that often led to kind of you know, for for whatever reason, like no one had a work from home setup back in 2016, like that just never that thought never occurred to us. So we'd often kind of be in the office working um, on you know until we were kind of done for the day and. That meant that we would have kind of order in dinner together, or go get dinner together and have sort of, again, we're all in the office, we're not traveling. So having those kind of family style dinners, uh, you know, there's one part of our office where that would always happen. And, um, you know, it was just a nice respite from a busy day and I think helped to solidify, you know, friendships and relationships that I still have with IGSers who have maybe moved on to do, um, you know, other cool things since then, but but folks that I still, you know, really uh, value the, the the time that we spent together at IGS. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to, because, you know, favorite memory feels very retrospective and we're still looking forward to more. Uh, but I think along Chad's lines, uh, you know, uh, people hang out uh, Friday at five after work in the kitchen of the office. And that, that's just a nice testament to the fact that people enjoy spending time with each other and getting to know each other um, and uh, just just kind of the, the friendship and the camaraderie. Yeah, and then and then for me, it's just you know again the the culture of support and everything. I remember a, a case that I did a little bit pre-COVID. You know, very big investor, very demanding. Just kind of got our butts kicked for a couple of weeks, and at the end of it, was really proud of the work product we delivered. But you know, me and my team, we were all just pretty exhausted. And you know, our the vice president that we were working with at the time said, you know, let's pack up at six today. I'm taking you guys for steak. So you took the whole team out to a steakhouse downtown here. And just, it was just a nice kind of exhale after a pretty demanding case. I'm just, it, it was, it was really, it was really great that the kind of leader of our case team like that was, was able to kind of manage the, you know, the idea that we were all a little burnt out after, after a couple of weeks, but it, it just, it, it was a, it was a great experience that I always looked to. I love that. That's, uh, I think that that's a testament, like Laurie said, to the culture that you all have built. So 
Thank you to Ben, Chad, and Lori for spending an hour with us. I know that that's a big commitment during such a busy time of year. So thank you for coming on and, and sharing more about IGS. Uh, like Jafith and and like Chad just mentioned, stay in touch with IGS. Reach out on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, go to the website, learn more, uh, apply for an open role if you're a good fit. Uh, we really strongly recommend uh, checking out what's available at IGS because they're a great firm that's doing amazing work. Thank you for joining this info session with IGS. If you liked what you heard, connect with the firm on their website or LinkedIn channels. You'll find links in the show notes. In addition, please take a second to fill out a 30-second survey linked in the show notes as well. That will help us tailor the podcast each episode exactly to what you want to hear. All right, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on another episode of Strategy Simplified shortly.